To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Hello, Dao cultivators. Uh, my name is Todd Perry, and with me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. And on today's show, What's This Dow All About? We're going to be talking about attachment. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some ideas that uh, Dr. Carl has in a little segment called See Joe's Corner. Good to be here. <laughs> Always fun. And we've got the chapter 45 of the Tao Te Ching. Uh, let's see here. Oh, before we start, I wanted to bring something up. I posted this on Twitter, and I just thought it was funny. Because people on the internet are amazing. Uh, so we ha- uh, everybody knows uh, at What's This Dow, we have a uh, Twitter feed. And uh, you'll find some, some fun stuff there from time to time. Uh, and so somebody, so every, everybody listening, they can, they can review our show online on iTunes or however you listen to it. It does a good thing for us, like with the, the better reviews we have. Uh, but in most, like all of our reviews are very positive, but one guy wrote a negative review that I just love. It says, man who talks a lot knows little. I literally have been going through, through the episodes, fast forwarding, to hear the man with the deeper voice who hardly ever gets a chance to talk. <laughs> this man also has what some would say is a very forced laugh. He is very knowledgeable and has great wisdom. The high voice guy is a major windbag and talks a lot with little substance. <laughs> he has a major ego issue and loves to hear himself talk. He has to learn from the deeper voice man. He knows not little about the Tao much. I, one star the windbag and five stars to the deep voice man. <laughs> I literally mean everything I just said. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That said, the high-pitched voice guy is a total ball hog but makes no baskets at all and just talks about how much he just made one. That type. Fact. <laughs> so I hope that guy's listening. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That guy hates me. But really, take. I think he missed the point of the show, is what I think. You know, we're just yinning and yanging along here, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Again, the tides rise and they fall. You know, you hit against the side of the shore and bounce back out to the sea, right? That's right. <laughs> and that's just the. It's what you call it, like it's fine. Following a, a, a meandering path, side by side, up and down, in and out, as above, so below, as within, so without. That is the nature of the Tao. Right. <laughs> we finally figured out. Yeah, we What's got this it. Tao all about? It was this guy's review. It taught us everything. <laughs> What's this Tao all about? Is Todd Perry's a windbag, and Dr. Carl Totten is a sage. That's who we got. I, you know, I was thinking the other day. I was like. Uh, it's like I host this show on Taoism. I'm not a I'm not a Taoist priest in any way. I'm just a guy learning. But I said, you know, what my ultimate goal is 
to become the world's first Taoist rabbi. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Like, have those big kind of blue, you know, white and blue robes, but with like yin and yang symbols on it, and try to give like kind of sagely advice, but, but kind of sound like my doctor, you know? I think people would just think you're very confused. Yeah, maybe that's it. Sick in the head, the boy is, my doctor says. I once know? did a wedding, though, where I did a, a Taoist uh, wedding. And there was a rabbi there who did some aspects of the Jewish wedding. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a, a woman there who was a Sufi priestess. Oh, and wow. She did some of that. So this was the most interesting wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it had a little bit of everything in there. Well, you know, it was funny. At, at my wedding, I got married like seven years ago. My dad had done this in his second wedding, <laughs> and I, I wanted to incorporate it. And it was a Jewish uh, symbolic thing of stomping on the wine glass mm -hmm. after. So somebody puts a little towel over the wine glass, yes. and then you... So what happened was, for my wedding, somebody wrapped it up in like a tablecloth, but the sucker was wrapped so... The, the tablecloth was so big, <laughs> it was like wrapping it in a blanket, and I couldn't step on the darn thing. <laughs> so there's video of this. I always wanted to put it online, because I thought it was funny. My wife's like, no, I don't want that on there. I literally, I stomp on it like 17 times, <laughs> and the thing wouldn't break. I said, this is a bad omen for our wedding. The wine glass would not break. No, see, it means that your relationship is impregnable, right? It cannot be broken. Yes, that's it's strong. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I like that. I like that better. Uh, there was one thing you said um, previously while we were doing the show, and it has really stuck with me, and it's something I keep going to, uh, and I think it's really important, so I just wanted to kind of put a circle around it. And it was, you often said, you know, lead with the heart and not the mind. And I found that, I found that just, you know, sometimes you just... You know, I'm not a perfect human being. I'll walk down the street and I'll see somebody walking towards me, and I'll I'll judge them. Mm -hmm. Oh, they, they, oh, this one of these people. Oh, this kind of thing. And then I go, oh, heart. And yes. then when I lead with the heart, it goes. You don't know who this person is. You don't know what they've been through. Yes. You have no idea. Exactly. You know nothing. You know you don't know one percent about what's going on with this this guy walking towards you. You know, where are you coming from, Todd? Mm -hmm. And I'll think that. Lead with the heart. And, I'll, and it'll be situations where maybe I'm dealing with my son where I get frustrated. <laughs> Immediately, I'll say, lead with the heart. And it's like my guard's down now. Yes. I'm present. Yes. I'm in the moment. And that, yes. that, and that may not help other people, but it helps me. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it helps me just be maybe a little bit better every day at times when I'm in that. Um, and we're going to talk about this, uh, kind of the default part of the brain. Yes. When you're in that just gutter. Yes. Uh, and it takes me out of it, and it puts me in the kind of heart space, and and makes me better, makes me happier, mm -hmm. you know. To because what what real joy do we get out of being hyper judgmental about other people? It, I, I think it probably it just makes us darker and more sour and rotten. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think it you know because we we tend to be uh, more externalized and judgmental as a function of our egos. Yeah. You know, we, we we like to put things in boxes and categories because it makes us feel like we know what's going on, and maybe even makes us feel superior. Yes, right? that's that's where. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If we can say that, well, I'm better than that person because I've got it together. That person is fill in the blank. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And I'm better than that. Uh, we think. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing, of course, they're thinking the same thing about us. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, one of the things is, you know, when the, our minds are idle, 
it somehow it seems to default towards the negative. <laughs> yes, yeah. This is I think they call it, they call it the something default network of the brain. Yeah. And they said it was a Sam Sam Dan Harris. Dan Harris, Sam Harris. Two two podcasts I listened to. Dan Harris was talking about this part of the brain and how meditation brings us out of that. Yes. So that's that default part of the brain where you're not really paying attention and you go back to this thing that you you start ruminating on mm-hmm. whether it's something feeling bad about yourself about something you so lots of times i find when i go to that part of my brain it's the negative part of my brain mm-hmm. it's the part of me that's is, is is not happy living in vagueness the part of me that wants i'm this i'm that these people are you know i don't like this person or I was wrong, but, you know, it's kind of that, that negative part of, of the brain. and It's like it's holding on to all the grievances. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I often say that we're all creatures of habit, right? Mm-hmm. And if our habits have been negative, and, and in large, um, uh, many cases, I think many of our habits have been tinged with negativity, because those things that are negative and judgmental and emotional have a lot of energetic heft. Mm-hmm. They, they're weighty. And things that are weighty tend to stick around and be repeated just because they are energetically heavy. And also, isn't it like a survival thing? Like if we keep focused on all the kind of negative things or perceived threats, then we'll be ready for them when they come, right? Right. We'll, we'll, we'll be a survivor because we'll be ready to what? Fight, flee, yeah. or freeze, right? Right, so the, yeah. So the danger won't get us mm-hmm. one way or another. There's a tiger around the corner. Exactly. You know? And so one of the things that, you know, we talk about in, uh, and also in Buddhist thought, of course, is they talk about karma, right? And what is karma? Right? It's kind of it's the law of cause and effect. And uh, if we have had experiences, uh, activities, thoughts that tended towards being egoistic and negative, then that creates a consequence. Mm-hmm. And that consequence exist on many levels, some of which we are aware of and some of which we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it exists on a mental level in terms of thoughts, beliefs, assumptions, etc., attitudes, emotional levels, feelings, you know, um, the whole train load of emotional baggage yeah. that can come with that. Mm-hmm. A physical level, mm-hmm. you know, it can you know, make us have, uh, uh, you know, particularly our immune response, you know, e- either, you know, we're relaxed, you know, and calm or we're being triggered and we're anxious and our blood pressure is elevated and our pulse rate and, you know, we're kicking in uh, adrenaline and so on. Again, getting ready to defend the self. Yeah. Right? You know, so we have the mental, the emotional, the physical, and they're all tied together. But but, uh, but the substrate of all of that, of course, is energy. What's happening with our energy? Because that we all exist as quantum beings in this quantum energetic universe. Mm-hmm. Right? And that leads to the final one that I want to just talk about right now, which, of course, is spiritual. You know, there's this, we, are, we, we each are spirit. Yeah, we have a mind, we have a body, we have emotions, da, 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 but we have a, a spiritual reality, which is really probably very, very energetic also, mm-hmm. that's 
holds all of that and is bigger than all of that and is always there because we know that energy ultimately can't be created or destroyed, but it just changes form, format. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all interconnected with every other energy. And, you know, it, it exists as kind of a wave of energy until when? Until we become conscious of it and then uh, try to kind of define it and then it collapses into a particle and becomes, quote, real. Yeah. Right? But then as soon as we remove our awareness, our attention away from it, it goes back into f flux again. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one of the strange things about quantum physics. It's like, what? <laughs> How is that possible? You yeah. Know? <laughs> Even Einstein uh, had a word for it. He said, this is spooky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is weird. You know. So how, what, how can we use this? awareness to help our own lives be less attached and cleaner cleaner mm. uh, one of the things that i like to do is again by kind of stepping back and taking a look at my thoughts and emotions and my physical body again what makes it stick is usually uh, two things one the fact that we have a split brain right brain and the left brain, see, so we tend to polarize everything and see things as this or that or this, not that, in, in contrast and comparison. That's one of the things we just naturally do because it's built into our, it's hardwired into our equipment. Yeah. We can't help ourselves. Yeah. And then because of that, we have emotional charges. They get attached to this or that. Okay. So we're walking around, putting things in categories, categories with an emotion attached to it talk about creating karma <laughs> mm. so one of the ways of dissolving that is to step back rather than be subsumed in our thinking and our emotions and our body that's where that exercise comes from no I imagine you can just see your thoughts you can see your emotions you can see your body. We're really trying to align with the spirit and the energy rather than with the physical body, mind, and emotions. Mm -hmm. Because that is inextricably connected with our ego, which wants to be right mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and wants to be superior and different than others, better than others somehow. So if we can kind of just move away from that for a moment. Like I said, this is just a practice. It's like an exercise. Mm -hmm. you know? Sometimes I say, okay, for 30 seconds, don't be you. <laughs> yeah. Don't be your mind. Don't be attached to your mind. Don't be attached to your body. Lead don't with be the heart, almost, yeah. Instead, yeah, there's this reality about being fully present in the moment, which actually is a heart-centered awareness that doesn't make all of those judgments but yet is connected with and feels part of the whole, the totality. And so if we can come from that space and basically kind of clean our karma by smoothing out the, that mental attachment, that emotional attachment, and that physical attachment, if we can just kind of, it's like taking a cloth and just shining it, just kind of cleaning off all the cobwebs that create attachment, you know, then, for at least a moment, we're free of that. 
And then if we can do that for one moment, oh, maybe I can do that for an, the next moment mm -hmm. and the one after that. Because life is a series of moments. This one, the next one, the next one. And if we can be non-attached, clean in every one, we would have, I think, moved into that Taoist ideal of being that, whatever that is. The, uh, it was, as we, I said last show, cleansing the primal vision, as, yes. uh, as uh, Lao Tzu says. Uh, so it looks like, okay, so find some space, clean at zero moment. Uh, let's see. Okay, so it looks like you have uh, something to do, some kind of, uh, not not gong. Okay, it looks like you just explained well, it's it. it's kind yeah. of a gong. You know, I put together something I called, um, what, C. Joe's Corner, right? Something to put up on the website. Yeah, know? and this you'll be able to download <laughs> right on our website, right, right beneath the uh, episode number, and also I will tweet it out, tweet mm -hmm. out a link to it. Good. And I mentioned that, you know, we have, it's been estimated that we have 50,000 plus thoughts a day. <laughs> really? And some people say that we may also have up to 11 million bits of data or memory or other, again, these things that we're clinging to move through our subconscious maybe every second. Mm. I mean, it's overwhelming. <laughs> it's overwhelming. And a lot of that, I think, becomes essentially karmic material because we're, you know, these are things we're cling, clinging to, we're attached to, we have all these, we're splitting them. Right, right brain, left brain, we're being polarized. We're putting value and value judgments on them. We're having emotions about them. It's, a, it's infecting every cell of our body. And so at levels we don't even understand, we're creating baggage, karma, that's going to be attached to us for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, many believe that it's attached not only this life, but <laughs> the next Ten, the next hundred, the next thousand, because there's so much there, and, and and if we were not cleaning and letting go of it, it just keeps accumulating, mm -hmm. keeps accumulating, becoming more karma because karma creates uh, actions, some action that's not in resonance with the Tao in harmony, is going to create something that it is out of equally out of harmony with that, that's going to help then create the, the quote, the future. Mm -hmm. okay? So one of the things that I wrote down here is that, you know, every day it's a good idea to kind of scan uh, when you awaken, kind of scan your day and just kind of psychically clean it from the very beginning before it even starts, you know. Yeah. Just kind of go through there and just kind of clean and erase anything that might pop up that might impede your free flow through your day yeah. you might say and people uh, remember i said misery loves company yeah people tend to find things to be upset about all day long <laughs> oh yeah definitely all day I mean, everything can be going perfectly in my life and if i don't kind of mind mind my brain mind the brain farm you know what I'm saying? If I don't farm my brain appropriately, or the garden, if I don't prune the garden of the mind, then, yeah, then those things are going to come running after me, you know. And so if at the very beginning, you know, we can kind of do that little psychic cleaning, it clears a space for us to move into the day uh, without an expectation of us creating it because that's what we did the day before. Yeah. Remember, we're creatures of habits. And we don't want to just keep taking our habit and moving it forward. Okay, today, tomorrow, next year, 
next life. Yeah, at least, so, you know, and at least I'd like new, new drama. <laughs> it's like you get tired of worrying about the same stuff or having the same people get beneath your skin. You know, at least switch it up a little. <laughs> now, at the end of the day, it's a good idea to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now you've had a day, so you, you, you previewed it and you did a little cleaning. Now, at the end of the day, it's a good idea to review it and see where were the hiccups. Where were the places where things got out of balance and I had an emotional reaction, I had an ego thing flare up, or my body felt out of sorts? Can I go back now at the end of the day and do the same thing and just kind of energetically smooth that out and let go of it? Because what we, if you don't, we're going to carry that into the subconscious when we're sleeping and dreaming and infect that. Mm. And it's been said by many philosophers, psychologists, and others that our conscious awareness is perhaps 5 to 10% of our total consciousness and a field of awareness, whereas 90 to 95% of it is in the subconscious or the unconscious. Mm. And so it's much more powerful what's happening in the unconscious. And so if at night we're feeding into that all that baggage all that karma, what is that going to do in this more vast and expanded space of the unconscious? It's going to contaminate and pollute it. It's going to make our dreams be not good. Mm-hmm. It's going to make us not really feel rested with the sleep we're getting that night, which is then going to set up the next day to be a repeat. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. you know, this this uh, this thing about habits. Okay. See, yeah. we, we just planted the seeds of bad habits to continue. So if we do that previewing in the morning, cleaning, preview at, review at night, cleaning, and finally one more little uh, exercise here. Just before we go to sleep, it's a good idea to review the day for things to be grateful for. At least three things. It doesn't have to be anything big. It could be that you had a great uh, breakfast, uh, your kid smiled at you, (laughs) Mm. you saw a beautiful uh, bird flying in the air, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you can hold on to at least three things from your day that you actually have a sense of gratitude for and then take that feeling into dream time, into sleep, it will change the entire quality of your night to being appreciative of what you have. Because if we never notice what we have and feel grateful for, we will never, ever be content. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because then it's never enough. Right, oh, yeah. And then then you fall into that trap. That's a wonderful feeling of thinking that something is enough. You know, is there anything more satisfying than saying, you know, this person is enough for me in my life, or this... My current living situation is enough. I don't need any. Yes. I just need to maintain this. Yes. Or even less would be fine. Yes. You know, this is the right amount of money for me. You yes. know, or... That's why I think it's written in one of the chapters, you know, that every day, you know, the average person kind of accumulates more and more, whereas a Taoist does less and less. Yeah. Okay. Throws something away. Yeah. yeah. Let go. Less baggage, right? Yeah. Because the more you have, the more karma you're creating, yeah. you know, for your life. You know, this this may sound really simple and stupid, but it, this was kind of putting these Taoist ideas in practice the other day. I was, you know, we have our sink at home. We have the countertop. 
And as you know, your countertops just start filling up with stuff, whether mm -hmm. it's kids' stuff or mail or this or that. Yes. And right next to the sink, I have a, a, a dish drain. Well, you stick a wet dish there, and it would dry off, and then you, you put it away. Right? And the dish drain was always full. And I told my wife, I go, you know what? We could save about two square feet of countertop space. We just got rid of this. And she goes, well, where would we put the wet dishes? I go, well, dry them and put them away. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's crazy talk. I said, well, here's the deal. We'll put this drain away, and lo and behold, what happens? I do the dishes, and there's some, and I, I put them away. And then we don't have all this stuff coming. And I was like, that? well, I was like, this drain just makes us lazy. This is an enabler. And lo and behold, haven't even thought about it twice. Simple, isn't it? Yeah. And how many things are like that in our life? Uh, many. Right. Many. You know, how many? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's being more efficient and effective. Yeah, right. and that was an, an excuse for not being that way. Exactly. You know. Exactly. But we get used to it right? mm -hmm. because we we're, we're we're creatures of habit. Right? Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter whether the habits are good or bad. It, it, it's just a habit. Yeah. Right? And we like things. We like order. We like a certain amount of order in our life, even if that order is based on disorder, right. <laughs> as the case may be. <laughs> in this case, <laughs> you know. We, we get very comfortable with our disordered uh, state, state of existence Yes, you know, very often. Mm -hmm. And we often just need to stand back and say, look, how can I clean this up? Mm -hmm. How can you clean up your counter? How can you clean up your mind? Yeah. How can you clean up your emotions? How can you clean up your body? Yeah. How can you clean up your interactions with others? You know, how, how, how can you just make your life cleaner, simpler, cleaner, mm -hmm. fresher? Yeah. That creates space for the present moment to exist yes. in its fullness. Mm -hmm. When it's cluttered with all that stuff, you, you can't do that. And there's no room to welcome anything else new no. in. No, no. You know? Yeah. So it's very simple. But we have to attend to it because our minds are not don't work in a simple fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, finds are, our minds are always looking to complicate matters. Yes. You know, somehow. And with drama with more thoughts, with judgments, with uh, separations, with, with something. You know, as the Hindus say, you know, their word for illusion is maya. Mm -hmm. And they say that, of course, the biggest maya of all is the maya of the illusion of separation. Mm -hmm. That's the biggie. That's the biggie. Speaking of that, let's get to a chapter from the Tao Te Ching. Chapter... 45. 45. Mm, yes. This is actually a pretty uh, short chapter, but filled with meaning. Oh, real quick, before we get into this, I just figured this is the moment to bring this up. Uh, this is from the Gi Fu Feng Jane English translation. Gi Fu Feng. 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 And, and, and Jane English. And yes. guess who happened to reach out to us and listen to the show? Jane English. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Got a little bell. I told self satisfaction you, bell. You know, yeah. she she was actually married to Gia Fu Feng, mm -hmm. and um, you know who uh, did their uh, wedding? Alan Watts. Alan Watts of all people, isn't that mm -hmm. remarkable? It's great, <laughs> incredible. And she reached out and said she had listened to a couple episodes. Right? Yes. 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 
And I asked her, would she like to be on the show one of these days? And she said she'd like that. Oh, wouldn't wow. that be amazing? That's unbelievable. Her, Benjamin Hoff, oh. uh, was supposed to have Derek Lynn on today. Well, uh, I think that maybe what we'll do one of these days is just uh, interview them, and then we can like bring their interview uh, onto the show. Cause we can interview them anytime. And yeah. Just record them. Yeah. And then and then you know seed that into the show somehow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That that'd be great mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. because you know these are you know deep deep thinkers about the Tao. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be wonderful. So, thank you, uh, Jane. We appreciate you. Yes, and we certainly appreciate uh, your your you and your husband's work and uh, you know the books and the the calendars. <laughs> I I always get the Tao calendar that's based on uh, their book. You know, it has chapters and then uh, you know Jane is a. Uh, great photographer oh. and it's her photographs that are in the book oh that's cool by the way yeah so that's great so chapter 45 great accomplishment seems imperfect yet it does not outlive its usefulness great fullness seems empty yet cannot be exhausted great straightness seems twisted great intelligence seems stupid great eloquence seems awkward movement overcomes cold stillness overcomes heat stillness and tranquility set things in order in the universe ah mm. beautiful you know I, I think this is about lots of things are counterintuitive right yes. so i think that you know whenever you get in it, it, it would always be great before embarking on learning something to say this is how i think it works Right, and then when you actually learn the thing, it's never how you thought it works. Right, like it's it's funny because it's it's like you know, what 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 do we know a lot about? You know, and it's like one thing I know a lot about just because I've been doing it for years is I write radio commercials as part of how I uh, make a living, mm-hmm. and the way people assume a radio commercial should work or how it should sound is not how it should sound or work. And I've made a living off of making radio commercials that sound odd and almost sound unprofessional because that does a better job at selling the product than something that sounds slick, right? So it sounds more spontaneous and organic probably. Or, organic and natural. Yes. And, and it's, it's like in sales, the slick sales guy, you know, on the used car lot, hey, buddy, what can I do for you? To, you you want to <laughs> run for the hills, yes. right? But yes. it's that guy that kind of gets in there and uh, appears to be very genuine mm-hmm. and is knowledgeable and not necessarily smooth, mm-hmm. but almost kind of is going to do a much better job. Right. Hey, how you doing today? How's everything going? How you feeling? Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, today this happened, that happened. Uh, you know, just kind of bantering along. You yeah. know, just, it's a seamless experience uh, where you don't even know you've been sold. Right, right. As a sales guy. <laughs> and so when we do we do radio commercials, um, one of the most popular ones is a company called California Deluxe Windows that I write for, and it's this guy with a hardcore Latvian accent that mm. mispronounces words, but he's passionate and <laughs> describes the window in a way that is. Um, it's just great. There's details in it and specifics. And so if you ran that against the fancy pants, expensive radio ad, you'd think the expensive fancy pants one would win. But no, no, no. It's this interesting. It's this kind of weird sounding guy with a big accent and sells tons of windows. But, um, it, but I find that, you know, it's like when, when people who are masters of music, we often use this as a, as a 
reference point music, but people who are masters of music see music in ways that the guy who's just picking up the instrument would have no idea how, yes. and probably thinks about it completely in the opposite way. Um, so when they say great accomplishment seems imperfect, um, uh, that's that's it, you know. You know, here, you know, it seems like Lao Tzu, as he often is want to do, is encouraging us to just accept things in their original nature as that which is open and uncontained, is capable of adaptation or change, and will therefore always be capable of providing. You know, we don't have to impose on it yeah. some outside idea or structure or preformed way for it to turn out. Mm -hmm. you know, because that's trying to take the present moment and capture it mm -hmm. and and make it stay a certain way. Yeah. Make it conform to our expectations. Reality is not like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't work that way. Uh, uh, so the, the, the there's an old saying that you know the Tao cannot be exhausted. Mm -hmm. Right. It can't you you can't wear it out. Right? It, it's always there, and it's and it's constantly renewing itself, moment by moment by moment, mm -hmm. because energy, as we know, it can't be created or destroyed, but it can change form, and so we have this unlimited, vast universe of energy and of possibilities, and what actually causes it to kind of take shape is when we become aware of it, right? We, our consciousness kind of syncs with it, and then it kind of downloads into something in the present moment. Mm. Okay, but, and, but then what do we do with, it, with that download? Do we try to up, grab it and say, okay, this is the way it is. You got to stay like this, reality. Don't change. Right, right. <laughs> because uh, I think many of us actually, you know, we, we, we like things to be the way we like them to be, and we don't like change. <laughs> right, no. You know, we, 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 we are clinging on to the way it has been. We want it to stay that way. And the funny thing <laughs> is, even if that's not a good way to be, we'll still... You know, like sitting in, you know, in, in your own mental filth or whatever. And, you know, but I don't want to change because, you know, change could be way worse than the current negative situation, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, people frequently argue for their own limitations. Oh, I can't mm. do that because of you know, a million yeah. reasons, right? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but, oh, yeah, my but. Mother. <laughs> my mother. My mother. My <laughs> mother. My mother is the most wonderful person on earth, but she will put her stake in the ground about what she can and cannot do. She will let you know. Mm -mm. Yeah, it seems to be human nature. Yeah. I mean, we default towards that. And so those things that appear, like he mentioned, Lao Tzu, greater, like straightness, intelligence, or eloquence, still represent a relative accomplishment that may be bound in time to just one way rather than to the ever-changing nature of the Tao itself. And so one of, uh, I, I came with like a little exercise, because I like exercises to give, give us practice yeah. in being, kind of thinking the way of the Tao. I said, think of something in yourself that seemed, seems to be or has seemed to be a limitation or fault 
or an imperfection. I know you have a hard time finding any of those, uh, Todd. Uh, but try to try to find one somewhere. Want me to start? <laughs> and now move back and just hold that in awareness. Just let it be, and then say to yourself, you know, in spite of blank, whatever it is, I love and accept myself. Accept myself just as I am. Mm. I love and accept myself. Very tough for me to do. That is very tough for me to do. I know. That's why I'm telling you to do it. (laughs) I self-flagellate all the time. I am, yes, and and I I have a very hard time with that. If I do something wrong or I I will, I'm, I'm guilty by default. Like, I feel in my mind I've committed some crime that I have not actually committed. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's like some kind of original sin thing. Maybe it's the religion I was raised in or whatever. But I, I just, and my wife's the same way. We just try to out-guilt each other. You know, I, I try not to make her feel guilty, but she naturally feels guilty. We both just feel it's, it's a weird thing. I don't know how or why it it's is. A little, but it's a little mutual bag of guilt. <laughs> yes, and I beat myself up all day over pointless things, you know. And that's why I said it takes practice. You know, you, you don't. We don't just change the way that we've been. You know, for a lifetime, but for ten seconds, twenty seconds, a minute, two minutes, you know, you can take something like I said. You know, something you think of as a a problem, a guilt, a uh, uh, an imperfection, uh, any, anything doesn't really matter what it is. And then imagine it's just sitting out there in the room in the air where you can like see it so it's not in you you're actually looking at it out there and you aren't judging it and instead you're saying to yourself you know in spite of the fact that this is there that's a part of me i love and accept myself just as i am right now just like uh, guilt and blame and shame (laughs) and all of that is uh, contagious Mm -hmm. so is this way of not being attached to those things also contagious so if we can do that for a minute every now and then and then two minutes mm. and then two minutes three times a day Ooh. And, <laughs> Sounds good. and that becomes like a gong a daily practice uh-huh. after a while you have actually retrained yourself to be another way in this universe with yourself and then also with others, right? And we can others. sit and go, you know. Because if we can be non-judgmental over ourselves, we can do that with others. Mm-hmm. And trust me, if you're judging yourself, you're going to judge others <laughs> all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you won't be able to help yourself. Yeah. Um, and it leads to something else, too. Remember that we're talking about being fully present in the moment because every moment is different. Mm-hmm. If you're clinging to these old judgments, these old guilts, these old thing, old ways of being ashamed and embarrassed and just not right with ourselves. Mm-hmm. The very fact that we're doing that binds it to us okay. more strongly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, w- and that doesn't allow us to be fully present in the moment because truly every moment is letting go so that a new moment can come in. Right. And so th- the only way to do that is to let go of all these. It's like you're carrying around a uh, backpack and you got all these rocks in it. Yeah. After a while, it's kind of, it's kind of he- 
hard to walk around. Yeah. You're, you're, you're heavy. You know, you're, yeah. you know, free movement and just try to run, right? You're, you're going to trip and fall oh, and yeah. hurt yourself, you know? And so it's a way of increasing our own personal freedom mm-hmm. by love and acceptance. I often say the best way to change yourself and to allow change is to accept the way you truly are right now mm-hmm. without judgment. Because as long as you're pushing back and saying, no, I don't like this, mm-hmm. it will push back too. Yeah. And the, in the pushback between you and it, you and it, you, you know, right brain, left brain, <laughs> you're at war with yourself, not to mention with others yeah. and with ideas and feelings and memories from your past. All of that conflict is taking up an enormous amount of room space and time oh yeah it's a waste of time and it it doesn't do anything for you it's like your existence is filled with conflictual material with data with memory with judgment Mm -hmm. there's no room for the present moment much less the next present moment in the midst of all that you miss all the awesomeness exactly Mm -hmm. so this this is just a really great practice for freedom and it works out on the basis of love because love represents unity consciousness. Mm-hmm. It represents this flowering of nature, you know, where there's abundance, there's plenty in the universe mm-hmm. for everything and everyone. It's an abundant universe. And if you can, in that sacred space of your own heart, be in that place of abundance, that place of gratitude, that place of unitive consciousness and love, your life will be filled with the same.